Good morning, everyone. All right, if you just give me just a second, so I can stop shivering in my bones this morning. <laughs> but it is it's good to see everyone. It's good to see you. Uh, before we get started, I'd like to introduce my beautiful wife that's here this morning. Maria, if you would stand and just kind of wave it everyone. And also, uh, for, those, uh, for those that don't know, for seven years I pastored here in Franklin at First Missionary, uh, but God has given us the green light to launch uh, a new church here in Franklin starting uh, the end of January. And I mention that just because I would like to quickly introduce uh, uh, members of our launch team that are here to support me on this morning, uh, Elder Jerome, Tucker, as well as his beautiful wife, Tracy Tucker, and our here. As well as our worship leader, Ms. Anthea Anderson, who's here on this morning. All right, and just want to thank you. I was looking at the program, and I noticed um, that I was given uh, 30 minutes. Well... Uh, this is going to be your, your, your Christmas gift for today, because I don't need 30, so I'm going to probably give 10 minutes back to you, all right? But we, uh, we believe in the spirit of brevity, we're just going to say a word, and we pray that um, the word of God has so given me on this morning for us, that it will challenge us, um, especially as it relates to this subject uh, that's that's, um, that's well needed, the subject of peace, uh, not only in the world, but peace within our lives. Uh, let's go ahead and get started, because I want us to look at this, this particular scripture, which is uh, found in um, Psalm 85. Psalm 85. And hope that you have your Bibles with you this morning. Um, and this is what the Word of God says in this Psalm 85. It says, Lord, you were favorable to your land. And then it says, you restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You pardoned all their sin. It says, you withdrew all your wrath. You turned from your hot anger. And then it says, restore us again, O God of our salvation, and put away your indignation towards us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your answer to all generations? Will you not revive us again so that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his faithful, to those who turn to him in their hearts. Surely his salvation is at hand for those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. 
So just for a, a short period of time, we're going to, um, we're going to talk about uh, the subject says, God's peace for all seasons. God's peace for all seasons. You know, I happen to be reading this article that was written by these historians from England and Egypt and Germany and India. And I wanted to share it with you on this morning. And this is what it says. It says, since the year of 3600 BC, 3600 years before the birth of Christ, it says the world has known only, get this, 300, less than 300 years of peace. You get that? And it says, during this period, there have been 14,351 wars, large and small, in which 3.64 billion people have lost their lives. But what's equally astonishing is this. It says the value of property destroyed the value it would pay for a golden belt around the entire world, 97.2 miles wide and 33 feet thick. And I say all of this to simply, to simply imply this that the concept of peace, although it sounds politically correct, but at the same time, at the same time, it's, it's not as easy as it appears. And perhaps this is why we, we are told to expect it during this season of Christmas. This season of holiday cheer. But I have a question for you on this morning. The question being, what about the rest of the year? In other words, in other words, uh, what happens when we are no longer roasting chestnuts <laughs> on an open fire? What becomes of peace when mama is no longer kissing Santa Claus yeah, yeah. Come on, Come on. under the mistletoe at yeah. night? And then again, tell me, will there be sightings of peace long after we've sung the last chorus to jingle bells for silent night? But then again, just as the angels spoke peace to the shepherds, just as the prophet Isaiah prophesied the coming of the Prince of Peace, or just as Dr. King's march on Washington, it became a, a symbol of world 
peace. We likewise, we, we pray for God's continuance of peace. Yes, peace that has lasting power and not just for this time, but God's peace for all, all seasons. So this is the question that we are going to deal with this morning just for a brief minute or two. Our focus question is this. How can we obtain peace? Not only during this Advent or this Christmas season, but how can we obtain this type of peace for all seasons? I give you just a second to think about that. Well, let me, let me help us with some answers. Um, the first thing that I believe that we should do in order to obtain this real, this real God-type peace in our lives, the first one is this here. We should remember what God has already done. If you glance at this first through this third stanza or verse, it appears the psalmist, the writer of this text, has taken a, a, a mental stroll down memory lane. Look at what he says. Look at what he says. He says, remembering how God showed the people of Israel favor. He says, remembering how God restored their fortune, remembering how God forgave their iniquities and how God pardoned their sins. And lastly, he says, remembering how God withdrew God's wrath towards God's people of Israel. And I mentioned this on this, this, this beautiful Sunday morning. Let me rephrase this. On this beautiful spring Sunday morning. <laughs> By saying that I, I truly believe, y'all, if we are to take these steps, to achieving God's total peace in our lives. Honey, I'm talking about the type of peace which surpasses even this season of Christmas. I believe that it is a must that we begin by, by taking these same strolls down memory lane. In other words, we too must remember what God has already established as it relates to, to peace within the lives of God's called out people. <laughs> because isn't it true that despite ourselves, despite our frailties, but hasn't God likewise shown us favor? Amen. 
Oh my God, isn't it true? Considering how, how life continues to take just so much from us. But, but, but be real with me on this morning. Hasn't God taken steps to restore us? Oh, isn't it true? Isn't it true? Considering that all of us, we have sinned. We have come short of the glory of God. But hasn't God likewise forgiven our iniquities? Hasn't God pardoned our sins? But then again, as we look at the landscape, the landscape of 21st century humanity, it appears that we have somehow or another, we have forgotten what God has already done as it relates to, watch this, this word, making peace within the lives of God's people. Oh, let, let, me, let, me, let me say a word or two. Uh, when we consider the lack of peace as it relates to race relations in this country, all oh, we have made, we have made strides. But considering that we still have a long way to go, it reminds me that we have perhaps forgotten. Oh, when we consider the lack of peace as it relates to people that are living in this wonderful country of the United States of America, but yet they have no place to lay their heads at night. Even in the midst of this season of Christmas, even in the midst of inclement weather, oh, it reminds me that perhaps we have sensed Forgotten as we as we consider the lack of peace within family structures, how there seems to be more divorce than people actually staying together. When we consider the lack of peace in, within politics, and even our own church, the place where we worship, it appears to me that even as a people of God. We have somehow or another, y'all, we have forgotten what God has already done as it relates to peace. But let me throw this scripture on you. 1 Corinthians 14.33. And this is what it says. It says, for God is not the author of confusion. God is not the author of of division amongst races. God is is not the author of of people of being homeless. God is not the the author of family separation and division. But if Paul were here today, he would remind us That God is the author of peace. 
You see, that's why, that's why, why it's, it's important that we, we as people of God, that we take that, that mental stroll down, down memory lane. Because see, what, what it does, it, it provides us with the opportunity to experience for ourselves God as being Jehovah Shalom, which simply means that the same God which represented peace in the very beginning of time happens to be the same God that represents our peace for today. And not only during this season of Christmas, but peace for all time. Well, the next thing that we must do, we must remember to pray for peace. We must remember to, to pray for peace. Now, I mention this because when we look at the totality of this Psalm 85, basically it is here the psalmist is praying for God to restore the peace of Israel. Now, let me tell you a, a, a silly story. Because I recall about 20, 25 years ago, yeah. I'm talking about the, the infancy of my marriage to my wife, Maria. <laughs> we would often go to Shoney's for breakfast. <laughs> and it was there we would so many times encounter this, this older seasoned couple who had been married at that time 60 years. They had both been called home to glory. And I had a chance to have a conversation with this, with this uh, older husband. And I asked him, I asked him the question, how do you do it? How did your marriage endure for so long? And he gave me the answer. This is what he says. He says, young man, the first thing that you must, you must be willing to do, he says, you have to pray. Amen. He said, yeah, you have to pray that God protects and God grows your marriage. Yes. He said, but if you want your marriage to last, you must pray to God to give you the strength to say these two magical words. Yes, dear. <laughs> now, now you're laughing, but, but it worked because now me and Maria have been married 32 years. Yes, dear. I mention that crazy, 
True story, because whether you realize it or not, there is a difference between keeping peace and making peace. It's a difference between keeping peace and making peace. See, to keep peace is when you pray for peace. It's when you pray for world peace. You're praying for peace in your community, peace in your home, peace in your church. But at the end of the day, you do absolutely nothing but pray. That's keeping, keeping peace. But to make Peace. It's not only when you pray for peace, right? But within your prayers, you ask God for strength, wisdom, and guidance to restore peace, right? And when God gives you the guidance and strength and wisdom to restore peace, you say to God those two magical words, yes, God. Eleanor Roosevelt said it best. She said it isn't enough to talk about peace. One must be willing to believe it. And it isn't enough to believe it. One must work for it by praying for it. I mention this for a reason. Because I believe that God did not call us out of darkness into God's marvelous light for the purpose that we just pray for peace. But God has called us out of darkness into God's marvelous light so that we as people of God can be restorers of peace. Restoring peace in the world. Restoring peace within our homes. Restoring peace within our schools. Restoring peace within our communities. Restoring peace within the church. And not only during this season of Christmas. But peace for all time. Well... I'm going to keep my promise. (laughs) The last one is this. Finally, we must remember to put Jesus back where he belongs. Now, y'all, I can get used to this PowerPoint thing right here. 
I was about to forget what I was going to say, and I looked up, and there it was. <laughs> Technology is something else, isn't it? Amen. Well, I conclude. Yeah. Now, you know what? That's the best part of any message. Right. I conclude. <laughs> by sharing with you uh, this story. This story about a father who wanted to read his favorite magazine, but he was constantly interrupted by his younger daughter who wanted to see a picture of the United States. And what this father did, he got a page out of his favorite magazine that showed a map of the United States and he tore out pieces, each piece representing one of the 50 states. And he told her, he says, look, I want you to put this picture together with all these pieces. And when you put it together, it would give you a clear picture of the United States. Man. Well, to his surprise, within six, seven minutes, his daughter was finished. And he asked her the question. He says, how were you able to complete this task so fast? After all, you, you had 50 pieces that you had to put together. And she told her father this. She said, well, underneath the pieces that you gave me was a picture of Jesus. And she says, all I did was I put Jesus back where he belonged. And when I put him back where he belonged, the United States just came together. I say this because this, we come to believe that our finances, our money, can create peace within our lives. That's not true. Because there are many people with great wealth that have unfortunately taken their own lives. We've come to believe that our good looks can create peace within our lives. Well, I'm a witness to this. It's not true. I remember a time in my life I thought I was tall, dark, and handsome. But just the other day, my twin grandson said that I looked like Santa Claus. We come to believe that our possessions, yes, sir. our stuff, 
things can create peace within our lives. But that's not true. Because things can become new today. And they're old and outdated on tomorrow. But 4th Avenue, Church of Christ, if we really desire peace, peace within our lives, I'm talking about the type of peace that goes even beyond this season of Christmas. It behooves us to follow the examples of this little girl that kept getting on her daddy's nerves and put Jesus, put him back. Make him the center of our joy. Put him back where he belongs. Let me say this here. We've always heard that Jesus is the reason for the season. But he's not just the reason for this season. But Jesus is the reason for all seasons. God bless you and thank you so very much.